Hello, hello, new America. Thank you for joining me in this new year, this new era, and this new rebirth of our country. My name is Salma Khan, and this is American Girl, a podcast that's more of a love letter to our beautiful country by taking a look at how serious the influence of culture and politics have become. What a new day, a new week to wake up on, guys. Our country had a literal regime change in Congress in the House of Representatives. 123 women were sworn in, along with Nancy Pelosi reclaiming her position as Speaker of the House. It is such a glorious but frightening time to be alive. I have to say there is so much anxiety-laced hope for the future, that's for sure. What's happening right now in Washington, D.C. is a pretty big deal. The problem with politics and why I feel like it's so easy for people to, like, basically brush it off is that it's so effing boring. It's just there's so much verbiage. And let's be honest, majority of the key players are, well, old and ugly. No offense. (laughs) I promise you what's been happening is very much like a reality soap opera that the American people, unfortunately, are being forced to interact with. You know, Um, I think that for a lot of us who wish to be on a reality show, we were hoping more of a Kardashian version as opposed to the Hunger Games meet The Apprentice literally so here's the story the government is still shut down a shutdown that trump said he would proudly enforce if funding for this stupid wall wouldn't be given but um upon being denied said money for the wall he promptly blamed the democrats and i just want to make one thing clear let's not forget trump only got support for this dumbass wall because he said Mexico would pay for it. When Mexico told him, I think the fuck not, Trump turned to the country and said, we're supposed to pay for this $5 billion beaded curtain. Literally. I'm... Flint, Michigan still does not have clean water as of January 7th, 10 p.m. West Coast time. So... Here we are. The government's shut down, and now our national parks are overflowing with trash. Public restrooms need to be cleaned. Our zoos are being, um, no one's there to take care of these poor animals. And let's not forget that we had TSA employees working on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with no pay. Um, I know that a lot of people have been reporting that there have been like huge numbers of TSA employees calling off um, from work being quote unquote sick. I'm sure they're looking for like pickup jobs to make money in the meantime. I mean, this shutdown happened right before Christmas and the new year. I mean, forgetting about all the gifts, you're talking about rent, utilities. These are the lives of American people the president's playing with who while he just like throws these stupid tantrums and pretends he's the victim 
So that being said, with a new House change and Congress reassembling, we should be able to lift this shutdown, but I just feel like the GOP is playing with bruised egos and honestly, only people with low self-esteem try to sabotage others. If you don't care about those with less than you while you're angry because you still can't get ahead, then not only does your self-esteem need help, but you're ugly. It just astounds me what some other people's priorities are. It really does. Um, <laughs> I will say one of the most savage things I've heard was the New York Times asked um, Nancy Pelosi if she now views herself equal to Trump. And she replied, the Constitution does. You know, Donald Trump, homie, like, literally spontaneously combusted when he heard, the, heard this. Like, literally Cheeto dust all over the Oval Office. The fact that, honestly, also this is, like, brand new information and a shock to you and me is proof that the American education system is failing us all, really, honestly. Um, I didn't even touch also on the fact of or what this means for Robert Mueller, you know, young Mula baby's investigation against the president. His dossier was released today. Um, I did hear what that means exactly, but I'm going to look into it and I'll be back with that. Um, I do know that Trump thought that there would be a red wave and he cleared all this like huge funding for the judici Judiciary Committee only for it to turn around and now said Judiciary Committee will be investigating him. Isn't that something? Just to say the least. <laughs> but um, one last thing about politics. I promise, I promise. My whole life growing up and especially when I wanted to pursue, when I said I was going to seriously pursue acting, I was told by everyone, Muslim or not, that America was not ready and would probably never be ready to accept Muslims, not on TV and not in Washington. And I think that for me, at least personally, I think that mantra sank in so deep that I didn't even think it was even a possibility like it wasn't even on the realm of my consciousness that being said I would like to personally thank the beautiful states of Minnesota and Michigan for voting in the first Muslim American women to be sworn as United States representatives the part that to me is significant and the most moving about seeing them stand with their right hands on the Holy Quran as they promise to serve this beautiful country is the fact that their states chose them. They chose two Muslim Americans to represent them. It's moving. It's just moving to see that we live in an America where at least two Muslims are seen as themselves and not as a representation of their entire religion or community. Of course, it's not without scandal. Uh, Rashida Talib from Michigan was filmed saying, 
We're going to go in there and we're going to impeach the motherfucker at her D.C. welcoming party. Um, of course, everyone um, opposing her is screaming about it. And I saw a tweet that really said it best. Like, obviously, we know what this disgusting, corrupted president has said about grabbing women's pussy. They're not mad about her cussing and calling him a motherfucker. They're just mad that she's a Muslim woman saying it with some power behind it now. That's what they're mad about. Anywho, it is an exciting time for America. We have more women and more minorities sworn in to serve this country on a legislative level. And if there's one thing this administration has taught me, it's to proceed with cautious optimism. I'm adding optimism to sweeten it, but real talk, my body still hasn't acclimated to waking up to CNN's heart attack inducing breaking news alerts. Like my heart, my mind, (laughs) my body still, I still haven't gotten used to it. And I've been trying to bring up culture and trying to make this these podcast episodes a little more Hollywood, but it's really hard, you know, when it seems like, you know, I guess like as I grow older, I realize like how much politics does affect me, you know, like we almost had a stock market that almost collapsed before Christmas and I've been hearing about an impending recession, which scares me all over again because I had just moved out the first time it happened and it's like, please, please, no, not again, not again. (laughs) In Los Angeles, it's officially the start of the award season. The Golden Globes were this Sunday, which honestly kind of caught me off guard because I thought they're usually later, like right before the Oscars, but consults me about these things um (laughs) usually the globes give like a taste of what the oscars will be like and this year's it's kind of i don't know it's there was a lot of weird winners bohemian rhapsody won best dramatic film which is weird but kind of is weird because brian singer directed it for a hot second but he was later fired because rami malek and him didn't get along Oh, and Brian Singer's also a pedophile predator. The studio did bring in another director, and no one really talked about it. So, I mean, I've heard um, Vanity Fair has a podcast called Little Gold Men, and they were saying, you know, just like there are in politics where people are, like, saying, we're tired of this PC culture. I mean, we do have to remember there is a faction of, I mean, people in Hollywood that feel the same way. So maybe they feel like, you know what? I don't care who directed this film. I'm still going to pick it, which is fine. I mean, it was still a great story. I I loved Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought Ra- Rami Malek did an amazing, incredible job. Um, I mean, we'll see. A Star Was Born was snubbed. Uh, I thought it was going to sweep or at least take major awards, um, but it did win Best Picture, or be, sorry, Best Song for Shallow. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't been keeping up with the latest films to give me, to give you any, like, actual, like, personal insight on it. 
Um, but off of aesthetics, I'd say Roma by Alfonso Cuaron. It, it's on Netflix right now. I haven't seen it yet, but the trailer for it is just so gorgeous. It's in black and white, and I don't know how to explain it exactly, but the cinematography just... There's just such a richness to it and this tangibility. I I don't know, like the crudest way I can describe it is saying that it reminds me of food. I don't know, because I guess you could, I feel like you could just like bite into the scene. I don't know. It's a weird, I just, it looks so beautiful and like it makes me excited to watch the film and I can't wait to see the film, you know, so we'll see. It's a weird year. I think the Academy opens their nominations this week, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> and one last Hollywood note. Last month, we lost a very important American named Penny Marshall. She played Shirley on my mom's favorite show, Laverne and Shirley. So this is, like, personal as well. She was the first female director whose film passed 100 million in the box office with her film Big starring Tom Hanks. And then she became the first female director to have two films break 100 million with the film A League of Their Own. Now this movie is the highlight of my childhood and I honestly think it planted the seed in my heart to be a girl's girl, <laughs> honestly speaking. It's about the baseball league keeping up appearances, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, by having women play in the league while the men were fighting in World War II. Uh, there, I have never seen a film that has had such a huge, diverse, in terms of uh, white women, I'll be honest with you, um, dealing with their friendships and their relationships as they pursue their dreams in a prehistoric patriarchal society. I point out that this film is about white women because there is a significant scene that I would personally like to believe that Penny Marshall put it in. This film was of course I think from the 90s so obviously the film industry was way way different than the watershed moments that's happening right now in terms of the Me Too movement and diversity. But there's a scene in the movie where they're playing baseball or they're um, practicing and the ball goes um, out, outfields or whatever and it rolls up around these group of black women who are watching the game. And one of the women picks up the ball and pitches it to Gina Davis's character and now this pitch was like a beautiful pitch and Gina Davis kind of gives her like this wistful nod thank you and for me and you know forgive me if this is the wrong interpretation or if I'm making making a poetic observation about nothing and trying to make something out of it but to me I felt like it was Penny Marshall's way of saying that acknowledging that there were women of color that had a skill and because 
the league decided to be segregated, they lost a chance to, you know, bringing even more talent and more, I guess, awareness to the league being played by women by keeping it segregated. And it's sad, you know? Um, yeah, but this movie was magical and they don't make movies that capture that kind of magic anymore so I thank you Penny Marshall for bringing that sparkle to us on that note I leave you with the All-American League and I bid you adieu till next time mon amis Sweet, we're all